Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. How have you guys been doing with this staying at home? Like, have y'all been dealing with uh, cabin fever? What is it just that y'all been doing to stay stay man. good to go? Wash your hands and sanitize in the house, man. Trying to limit our exposure as best as we can. Yeah, so uh, for me, man, I got two girls inside the house that don't stop talking. And I didn't realize that until, you know what I'm saying, I had them in the house and they ain't going to school and it's just me because I'm teleworking. So all they do is run their mouth a lot. So I took them for a walk. I took them for a nature walk. I like, let me take them for a nature walk because, you know, I get them out moving around and I get to see the animals. But the problem is they talk so damn much oh, is that the animals been ran away 15 minutes before I even get to their asses. You know what I'm saying? It's like... My kids are scared away the animals, you know what I'm saying? So that's what I did. I'm I'm just trying to keep them active and moving. They're not gonna stop talking regardless because they little girls, but hey, that's how I've been handling my corona, my corona time. I mean, for me, basically, man, I just been taking it easy, staying at home, you know, finding myself, uh, having activities with my son, you know, playing out, you know, playing on the patio, playing basketball, video games movies tv shows things of that nature just to keep him active and involved and as far as myself i mean there's not much we can do at this point but just you know wash your hands and take a shower and you know live life the best way you can absolutely absolutely yeah let's um okay hey yeah so i mean i mean so we talking about what we have to do for this this corona epidemic right because this is something that we've never really faced Ever. I mean, not that I can remember. No, not since the Great Depression. Right. You know what I'm saying? In my time, you know, I, in my hometown, I know we had snowstorms and stuff like that. But this is something that is sweeping through the whole the whole world, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's changing the dynamic. When have you ever remembered that you had to wait to see a Facebook post on when toilet paper was available? That's crazy. I mean, when I when I sent that out, I wasn't even trying to be funny. I was just like looking out for my, my brothers and sisters like, hey, they got toilet paper at the commissary, man. Hey, go through, pick it up, you know, one per person, you know, just sharing that type of information. And that's the kind of stuff that you just got to bond together off of. It, it don't make sense to you, me saying this, but it's real. Yeah, yeah and you got to <coughs> be careful on how you shop too, man. Just get what you need and not try to stockpile. Well, let me ask you something. So you talking about not trying to, trying to stockpile. I agree with you. But the truth of the matter is, man, is people are stockpiling. Mm-hmm. So if you don't, if you're not prepared, you're going to be without. Yeah. Right? Ain't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. That's where your circle come into play, though. You know, I feel like, hey, whatever I don't got, I'm going to reach out and see if some of my, my, my folks can help me out because I'm trying to be considerate, so to speak. Right. It's, instead of hoard, out here hoarding and just shopping and buy it all up just to buy it all up. That's that's crazy. Never, yeah. I mean, you never would think they would come to this. Yeah. I mean, I never I never seen like commissary like commissary is like the shopping market for people on base. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I never seen uh, a time where 
you look at the meat section and all the meat is gone. The whole section. I mean, even the meat that you like, I don't know about that. Them cats are putting out stuff that people, they know people ain't going to buy, like them ribs in a box. And they gone. That's where we at right now. Yeah, like a whole rack of lamb just out of it, just gone. You know? Mm-hmm. Stuff you don't even normally custom to eating. You know, ribs, chicken, you know, beef, you know, your pork, stuff like that, pork loins and all that. But when you start putting stuff you're not even familiar with and you snatching it up, then you know it's a real issue. So let me ask forward. y'all let me ask y'all a question about the coronavirus. Um when we look at statistics and stuff like that, right? The coronavirus really has not um it doesn't equate a, enough deaths, a lot of people say, to equal a pandemic. Not like swine flu or even the regular flu in general. Why do you think? that the coronavirus is the virus that is making um, people trip out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Go out and buy all this toilet tissue and wipe out grocery stores and meat and stuff like that. You know what, man? I think the reason why is because people fail to educate themselves. So if you are a, if you have received your doctorates, from Facebook, that's a problem. You get what right. I'm saying? Right. Because Facebook what happens, you. yeah. So what <laughs> happens is individuals will regurgitate what they read without doing the research yeah, themselves, absolutely. and then you mess around and start sounding stupid. You get what I mean? Like um, I had a uh, uh, conversation the other day with my niece, and she was like, "Hey, uh, can you let me know about the uh, martial law? I heard it was about to start." Okay. So who told you that, first of all? Second of all, where is, not just where is it coming from, but what facts do they have? And then so we all, we all had the conversation about it, but the individual that's saying that a martial law is coming, do they even know what that means? Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? I mean? You have never seen that in your life, so you don't even know what to no, expect. Right. You get what I'm saying? You think Not just that, you think it's going to be on Facebook? Hey, by the way. It's about to be martial law tomorrow. Get out of here. You did <laughs> Wild Wild West type yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's right. just so out of line. So, so I shared a post about that because there was some uh, video going around about the uh, a railroad going with tanks on it. Right. And this is a normal movement for the Army. It's just moving tanks, you know, mm-hmm. from one place to the other to get it to where it needs to be. But somebody videoed it, and it went viral. And it was like, yep, there go the tanks. They're coming and, in. And see, that's, that's what I'm saying, without content. Yeah. So, obviously, they say that uh, a picture is worth a thousand words. But it's it, look for the thousand facts behind it, right? So, if you don't have the facts to support what you're talking about what why are you even you know pushing it out there now it's a lot of information out there and i know that it's hard to decipher between the two but do your own due diligence you know Head, what i mean headline readers man headline readers. a lot of people read, a lot of people read headlines mm-hmm. and act like they read the whole entire article mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i i give a perfect example man somebody posted something about uh charles barkley i'm i'm, I'm switch gear just a little bit mm-hmm. uh charles barkley talking about um who was it? He was talking about uh, a basketball player. Oh, uh, 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 green. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Golden Green, State. man. Kevin Garnett. God dang it! I should have been more prepared for mm-hmm. this part. But but the example was. I'm gonna give an example. He the the article read Charles Barkley said this about a player. Mm-hmm. But if you actually click the link, it wasn't that Charles Barkley said that about a player. The person said this. No, my bad. Let me keep going with it. <laughs> the person said this to Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley reported it. Mm-hmm. So Charles Barkley didn't really say that. He just reported it. But the headline said 
Charles Barkley said this negative thing about a player. Gotcha. And so people were saying, how could Charles Barkley say that when he had this, that, and the third? Right. He threw somebody through the glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, all this type stuff negative about Charles Barkley because mm-hmm. they never clicked the link to see what was on the inside. And you know what, man? And with that being said, um, to link that, put that into contents of what today is about and what we're going through, fear and mm-hmm. drama sells. Right. You get what I mean? It sells. So if you are telling me my life and everything that I know about my life is getting ready to change and you're saying, hey, you need to prepare for it. That's why all the toilet paper. First of all, look, just, yeah. just, just chill on out. You get what I'm saying? Chill on yeah. out. But the thing is, that's being reported. What's not being reported is the 80,000 individuals that are recovering from the coronavirus. Right. You get what I'm saying? So we so if, even just looking at the numbers, look how many people are affected versus the individuals that have passed, mm-hmm. okay? There's still a huge number out there. So mm-hmm. what, what's really, you know, what's being talked about? Right. So yeah, it, it, it's crazy, man. And But what I really want to make sure people do is do your research, right? Before you, you know, tell your friend, hey, guess what? This, this is what I heard, blah, blah, blah. Okay, well... How true, A, is it true, and B, is it something to uplift someone? Is it something to help someone, or are you just going off with some crazy facts? Because hey, you let, and then it all depends on what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to a, uh, let's say, CNN versus Fox, you're going to get two different things. If you're listening to, um, you know, No Shade, but Dr. Umar, he going <laughs> to find a way to connect it and to get his money. Bruh, yeah. to get his money. He's going to get a check. No, he's trying to get a check. Why? Because yeah. he's still trying to get that school that ain't up. Right. And then in Uganda, ain't it something like that? No, it's in Washington or something. But the fact is, Look at the motives. Right. Mm-hmm. Look at the motives and look at your at your means. But so, but when we're talking about the corona, man, because yeah, a lot of people hasn't the the deaths doesn't match the pandemic, right? right? But I think what the problem with the corona is that we don't we have not found a way to contain. Like we have a flu shot mm-hmm. for the flu. Flu kills a lot of people a year. Right. But we have a flu shot. That's a safety net. We mm-hmm. don't have anything for this strand of the flu. The mm-hmm. coronavirus, we don't have anything for that. Mm-hmm. And it does affect people with respiratory issues and also older people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like people like us right here, you know what I'm saying? As a healthy, I don't know about foots. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. People that people that are healthy, Dang. we mm-hmm. can walk them around with the coronavirus with no symptoms. Mm-hmm. At all. And there are people that are like that right now. That's and right. what if we run no into symptoms. somebody is, that is Susceptible. Oh, so what? Susceptible. Susceptible. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, oh, hey, so, 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 no, no, ain't no acronym for susceptible. I care. Well, how you Bruh, say that? It shit. don't matter. <laughs> 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 what we gonna do is just cut his mic off. But, hey, so, hey, but look, transitioning though, seriously. Wow. Um, uh-huh. And look, if you guys are just tuning in, we had some uh, technical difficulties a little earlier, but. Those that are online, we appreciate it. Those that are watching live, we appreciate you guys. And um, Miss Monique, Miss Monique Slater, right? Congratulations, hey. Congratulations. Hey. All right, all right. You know, you're about to get bit on the lion's den. Welcome, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. How y'all doing? We're doing good. So speaking about the coronavirus, what would you say is, uh, like, how would this affect 
the housing market because ladies and gentlemen if you are just tuning in she is going to help give the keys to your new home can you dig it you see how i play with that with the words but so, so miss monique what would you say the uh the change if you will uh what this coronavirus and the scare is doing to the housing market So it's doing a lot of things across the board, but I want to say that um, here in San Antonio and probably all of Texas, um, we're pretty much doing virtual showings now. Mm. We're not taking you. Usually I'll take a client out and we'll look at, you know, 10 to 12 houses. No, 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 no. I'm going to go in the house by myself and then we'll connect on like a Facebook live or our zoom or something. And I'll show you the house virtually and then I'll take it down to the last two houses. Mm. So, you know, I'll show you the last two houses, but I'm not going to show you 10 houses. You know what? And and based off of that, just me thinking as far as a a lover of quality time, that actually makes your job more efficient, right? Because you're not driving around and trying to convince people, hey, look at this. If they don't like it, no. If they're purchasing this house, they need to be confident in the type of house that they want yes. right and so yes. this kind of helps narrow down that is what you're saying and a lot yes and a lot of things online is not the same as when you get in a house but mm-hmm. i have very high standards mm-hmm. so um when i get in a house i'm gonna say no this is not the house for you baby let's move on real quick <laughs> because I, I just have those kind of standards mm-hmm. um i won't really um show a house that i wouldn't buy myself there you go okay Good. Well, look, just tell us a little bit about you. How did you get started in the in the real estate and um, not just real estate investing because you're a real estate agent? How did you get into that? So I got into it on accident. Um, I purchased my first house when I was 22. I was a young little airman, just pro, poor, broke and just, you know, first little house was sixty four thousand dollars. We were stationed at Barksdale um, and that was the purchase was great. But what we did after the purchase, we found out later was a mistake. We sold the house. Um, and from that point on, every time we PCS, we, we purchased the house. We've never rented. And when I, um, we got to Virginia and we had sold a house again, big mistake, but it was good. You know, in the end, we sold a house when we were t- at the top of the market. And when they handed me that $96,000 check, it was like, here you go. <laughs> you know, I snatched it out of my husband's hand. It was like, yes. <laughs> and I just kind of got into it from there, like, yes. But when we went back, when I went back to Virginia on my own, I did a tour without my family. And even though I was, even though I knew I was going to be there just for a short period, I was only there for like 12 months. We still purchased a house mm-hmm. and we kept that house and it's great rental property now. And I have great tenants and I have multiple properties across the U.S. Uh, and I have fabulous tenants. You just really have to screen them. So I kind of got into it on accident when I was active duty using that free BAH that they give us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, free BAH, and, but being able to write it off, and it was just by accident. So when it was time to retire, I kind of already knew what I wanted to do, and I didn't necessarily want it to be an agent. I just wanted to buy a whole bunch of properties and invest, but I wanted to do it without an agent, so I got a license and that's what I'm saying. It was on accident. Then I start showing other people houses and and it just it just fell into where I am now. Nice. Okay, nice. man. So just so you know, some of our audience are not military, so we gotta watch our acronyms and make sure we're spelling out what we're saying so they so they can relate to what we're we're what we're talking about. Uh, 
get into some of the the nomenclatures or rumors where it comes to the VA loan for some of our you know active duty military and retirees and what they should know about the VA loans. Okay, so VA changed effective January the first, but it didn't change to what we thought it was going to change to. Um, we all thought, and I was you know, head over heels, jumping for joy that we can go out and get as many VA loans that we can get 0% down and just be happy. And just because I had rental properties that was going to be lined up that I was going to buy. And it didn't quite change that way. Um, the way it changed is you still can um, get a VA loan, 0% down, funding fee. Um, of course, everybody pays a funding fee, but most veterans just roll it into their loan, whatever. Mm-hmm. But there is a there's a cap, and there's also what's called entitlement. So right now, I have three houses tied up on VA. So I couldn't get another VA loan and put no money down. Mm-hmm. And we thought we, we were going to be able to do that because, like I said, I had them lined up. I want this one. I want this one. I want this one. But it just didn't roll out that way. So you have to have full entitlements in order to use your VA with 0% down. And full entitlements – mean um if i i right now only have one of my houses that's paid off Mm -hmm. and it's so nice because the rent is twenty two hundred dollars but anyways that's a different story (laughs) (laughs) um for that entitlement that one is under my husband so for that entitlement he has full entitlements because that house is paid off so we can go and purchase a million dollar home because there's no there's no limit Mm -hmm. you only have to qualify Mm -hmm. for it but if I qualify for a million dollar loan, then I could still put no money down under VA. But again, you have to qualify. Maybe I don't have the income. Maybe I only qualify for eight hundred thousand. Where before you could only um, get the zero percent down up to the limit. Okay, that's right. That's so, right. so what is yeah. your input when you say qualify? And we're talking to y'all, young airmen, brand new to the Air Force. <laughs> What do you say so, to those individuals that need, you know, how important is the credit score and what's on your credit report that can help? Oh my, or yeah, that, that's like the number one thing that, and you know what? Credit costs, it costs to have bad credit. And see, and, and you know what, man? And look, I'm glad that you're saying this because we had a discussion just with us brothers and trying to understand if there's a good thing to having great credit or no credit. You, you get what I mean? I know what you mean. So, so I have a son in college mm-hmm. and he has no credit. So he can't buy anything. He doesn't have any history. Who trusts him to even buy a $40,000 car? You haven't showed us that you can, you can pay, make your payments. Mm-hmm. So he has no credit. And so, you know, I did something for him to help him with his credit, but to have bad credit is worse than having no credit. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. People don't know that. So, so I got yeah, a, I got and it costs you money when you have bad credit because you know being in the military, you have bad credit that can affect your security mm-hmm. clearance. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Um, in some industries, it'll affect you from having management jobs mm-hmm. out here in the civilian sector if you have bad credit. Bad credit is going to cost you maybe to have to get a hard money loan versus just going to a lender, and you know. So I I buy investment properties like you guys know and um okay. i'll buy a property and then do sell, seller financing that means i'm going to charge you 14 percent because you have bad credit uh-huh. so, so check this out i have a question hey this is this is herman how you doing i just added you to facebook <laughs> 
But um, check this. I got a question. Um, I know we just talked about VA loans. Um, and that only really applies to military or vets. What are the other loans that are out there that people probably need to know about, especially like first-term buyers or experienced buyers? And what are the benefits or the things that are against these loans? So there's a lot of loan vehicles. Um, um, of course, VA is the best loan vehicle we have because it's 0%, but the next best is FHA. Mm -hmm. You have to qualify for that. That's based on income. There's an income cap. Everybody can't get FHA, but FHA, um, you only put 3.5% down. But if you make $200,000, you are not going to qualify for FHA. Now you have to do a conventional loan. Um, some areas here in, in Texas are in rural areas. You can get what's called a USDA loan also. It just there's a lot of different vehicles, but most civilians they use the conventional loans. It's best I have one of my houses is under a conventional loan. So for a conventional loan, you could put five percent down, but then you gonna be paying principal and interest insurance. So it's best to put twenty percent down, and that's a lot of money if you're talking about three hundred thousand dollar house. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different vehicles as far as um. The type of loans that and you know what if you have a great agent then your agent most likely is hooked up with some great lenders like i have two fabulous lenders that i use mm -hmm. but of course i don't always push them off on my clients because they may come in and say i'm using usaa and i'll be like okay that's cool you can pay those extra fees that's okay i'm good with that um but if you have an agent they are most likely connected with a couple lenders that can help you and determine which vehicle to use as far as your loan. Okay. And that was going to be my next question is uh, one of the questions we proposed to you was how important it is to have an agent. Is it, what's the pros and cons of having an agent when you're purchasing a home? So the pros and cons is I want, how I'm going to put this. So most of the time I'm a buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. So you have seller's agent, which lists property, which I do. And I love to do it. Then you have a buyer's agent that take care of the buyers. Um, people move in. They need somebody to help them show them the area, help them get their loan started, find a house, blah, blah, blah. Buyer's agents are free. Mm -hmm. So if you come in, you, you transition. Um, I have a guy coming in from a, for AT&T. He's coming to some headquarters job here. He knew that it was free for him to contact me, and I'm showing him homes over the Internet and virtually or whatever, whatever, because most of the time, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, buyer's agents will get paid from the seller. Mm -hmm. Now, to, for a seller's agent, those are the people that list your property. Like, I, I have a few listings that are um, listed. They put the sign in the yard or whatever, whatever. Um, you need a seller's agent. Because you can't advertise your home the way we can. I hit thousands of people in the MLS when I put your home in there. You can't do that doing a for sale by owner. And I see the signs, and I don't even stop. I should. Most agents do stop and try to convince them. I just wait. I just wait, and then I'll contact them later and say, hey, your house been on market for 30 days. Do you need some help? Oh, that's a good so point. That's the difference between the two agents. Some people just mm -hmm. don't really like to use agents. Even with my new construction um, mm -hmm. um, leads, so I, I'm, I have a new construction sales consultant for every builder here in San Antonio that I network with. But if you're coming in from overseas, I have two clients that already purchased a house. They're coming in from overseas. They go to the new construction office without me. 
most of the time the new construction agent is going to try to get you to put down like one at one one instant one of my new construction um sales consultants that I don't work for anymore because he did this to my client, try to get him to put down $6,000. Mm. And I, and then they called me and I was like, wait a minute, you went in there without me, but that's okay. I got you. Let me clean that up. Right. No, most of the time the earnest money, it varies between $500 to $2,000 on new construction. And they have them put down 6,000. It's because they didn't know if you're not an agent, there's some things that you just are not familiar with or you don't have the knowledge of knowing. And some of the laws you don't know and the regulations, that's why you really need an agent. Okay. And, and I, can, I can vouch for that because I bought two homes when I was stationed in Florida. And both of them were brand new homes. So, you know, I only put 500 down for the, the what did you call it, the earnest thing, thing fee or whatever it was. But, the uh, earnest money. The <laughs> earnest money, yeah. So I put, you know, 500 down on both homes and... I just had ran into the luck of having really good realtors that knew the market and knew VA loans versus the other loans. Cause I, you know, I, obviously I'm military, so I used the VA loan, but a lot of people don't know that, you know, and for me, right. when, when I tell people to buy, I always encourage new homes over, you know, homes that are already established, but that's just me. But what do you say to folks like me that say that to other, other folks? Like, is there a pros cons to that or? Well, there is pros and cons to it. And I understand where you're coming from. So we moved into this home that we're living in now. It's my forever home mm-hmm. in 2018, right when I retired, we bought this one. Um, but the home prior to was new construction. I was overwhelmed um, with new construction because I'm not the type that I want to pick out the cabinets, the flooring, the countertops. I don't want to do that. I want to go in where it's already done. Gotcha. It was too many colors. I don't, I don't grout. I don't know what color grout's supposed to be. You know, I don't, <laughs> it was just too much and it was overwhelming. Um, and then I also had an issue with later having, you know, things that needed to be repaired or whatever, whatever, trying to get a hold of the builder. Because once you're done selling the home, um, some of the builders, not my favorites, my favorites don't do this, but some of the builders, they, they're kind of done with you after you close on your home. Yeah, that's true. So this that's home. That's real true. Yeah. Yeah. They, they like, you try to call them, they ain't answering. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my clients have to call me. Then I have to go stand on desk and be a chief again. And there I'm like, go. I don't want to be like this again. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah. So, um, but this home, it's like, it's like buying a used car versus a new car. So we're a Lexus family, right? Mm-hmm. One time I bought a Lexus for 60 brand new, never again in my life. Baller. Never again. Is that what you're doing? Hey, look, everybody ain't got that money like that. All right. I, go I'm going to tell you, I'm trying mm-hmm. to teach y'all mm-hmm. never again in my life. Will I spend that much money on the car when I can get one that came in off a lease program for half the price three years later. Absolutely. Very smart. Very smart. That's how it is with home. So when we bought this home, we bought it for a hundred thousand dollars less than what they were building it for. Okay. And it was only three years old. Okay. Wow. Okay. Go ahead. Fuck. Hey, how you doing? Chief? Good evening. Um, my question for you is um, how many other States outside of uh, Illinois and Texas are, over, are actually giving folks the state property tax exemption? Mm. Ooh, that's a hard question. I don't know that because I only work Texas, Okay. but um, I do have an agent in almost every area that I work with. So if you had that question, like you were wanting to move to Orlando or you want to move, you know, to Virginia, I have an agent in those areas and you can just hit me up on this, on the side and then I can give you their information so you can contact them. But, um, 
I want to say Florida does because we just bought a vacation home in Florida, in Orlando. And oh, and I, I remember. Uh, hold on. Uh, Chief, Chief. Uh, yes. Chief, can, can you hear me? Oh, hold on, hold on. Listen, all I, want to know, all I want to know is can I borrow a dollar? Because I'll, you, I'll give you a dollar. I'm pretty, I'm pretty giving. I'll give you five dollars. Cash app means some change. You get what I'm saying? Because all this, I'm getting beach homes and all this. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Lexus is oh, gone. the one is, the, okay, the one in Florida is a bomb. It sleeps 18. It borders up to, against Disney. It's considered a luxury Airbnb. Okay. So I can send y'all the link if y'all want to rent Please it out. Please do. Wait, no, no, no. Because see, I'm, I, so where I am, the way my life is set up on today, I want to be a buyer. You get what I mean? So instead of, you know, renting, I want to be able to sell it. Can you dig it? Yeah. But hey, so yeah. hold on. So we got a we got a quick, quick message. Hey, so check this out. A Kevlar's Grill in Bellevue is still open. You know what I'm saying? They are having lunch specials, dinner. You know, they they are there. The address is 1516 Old State Route 158, Kevlar Grill. Hey, and listen, if y'all don't know, you need to know, you go to the KevlarsGrill.com and look at their menu, and they deliver, right? Grubhub. Grubhub. It's 25 miles radius, so listen, you won't get the Rona. Can you dig it? No, you hey, won't hey. get the Rona, because what they're going to do is you call, and they might just drop it off. Don't they do that in Domino? <laughs> yes, yes, they domino do. You call them, they go drop it off, they ring the doorbell, and they run like like uh, uh, Amazon. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey well, look, hold on, Chief. Hey, we're about to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Okay, don't hang up. We'll be right back. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Lion's Den podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. One. Ladies and gentlemen, want to welcome y'all back. We have we have Miss Miss Slater, Miss Monique Slater, retired chief. She's mm-hmm. flipping the script, right? She's changing the game. So she served her time, but she's now continually, continuously serving you in go. real estate and yeah. giving us those keys to purchasing your own home. So, ma'am, welcome back, welcome back. And so we talked about. Um, Things uh, uh, that individuals need to know if they're first time home buyer, uh, home owner, which is good. We talked about good credit and bad credit. That's, that's yes, good. but can I jump in? Oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Somebody had texted me a question and, and asked, how did I help build my son's credit? Oh, can yeah, I there you go. That? Mm, go for it. Please do, because we got a lot of these little nappy-headed kids <laughs> around here. You know, oh, well, look, look, I ain't got look, no hair, but that's yeah, me included. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but, but, but no, I mean, so, and, and I just want to touch on that. Kids want things, and I get that, but they don't understand. Yeah. Okay, so you can work to make money but you have to do things to have your money work for you mm-hmm. right yes. so, so if you could so, please speak on the, that the one thing i did is when each one of my boys turned 18 and they didn't know you don't want to tell your kids you're doing this but i put them on my credit card as an authorized um and i and they actually have to sign the paper from the bank um and they give them a credit card but of course that credit card stayed in my drawer but every time i paid something my credit card off Use it, pay it, it use because that's how you build credit. You have to use it. You just can't have a credit card with a zero balance. How old were you they? You have to use it 18. and then 18. make installment payments and then pay it off. 
it helped build their credit. That is beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you heard that or not, but 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 basically she found a way or she's she she's telling us a way to help build our kids credit. And if you could, ma'am, if you can speak on this and and, and, I, and I've heard this here recently, but basically putting your children on payroll to right. do their chores. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's actually showing that they're that they have some type of employment. Right. Can you speak like, on that? No, I can't speak on the income because I don't I don't I didn't pay my kids chores to do stuff for living here for free. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> child labor laws. I have heard of that. Day. Child labor laws. Yeah. But yeah, you have heard of yeah, what you hear. Yeah, I heard that if you, if you have a if you have a business or anything like that mm-hmm. is putting your kid on there, similar to what what uh, Monique just talked about mm-hmm. as far as getting um, a credit card and putting it in the drawer. You mm-hmm. putting them on your LLC or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a little girl at my church. She makes cupcakes. Okay. And her dad did that for her. Like um, he set up the LLC, I believe, and put her on there because, you know, when you're at church and you make good cupcakes, we're going to support you. Yes. Yeah, so this girl was making cupcakes for the teachers at school. I mean, everybody were ordering these cupcakes and they were good. And it. that helped her establish that she had income. But she was a young girl. She was very, I think she was just like 12, 13, something like that. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome. So we do have a couple of questions. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So check this out. Um, Monique, I got a question from Giovanni Joseph. He said, I recently found out that you can use your VA loan more than once. Mm-hmm. Initially, when I bought my first home, the loan officer said that it was one and done. Do you got any more information on that? Absolutely not. That's that's just so not true. You can use your VA loan as many times Boom. as you want. Boom. You Y'all can. heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead, man. And, speak on that. And that's what I said. Like, right now, I have three houses on VA. But mm. there's only me and my husband that, you know, we only have two VAs. So somehow we use the third one. But um, you could use it as many times as you want. It's just that the funding fee that you pay is increased every time you use it. So the first time that you use your VA loan, um, the funding fee used to be 2.3%, but in January it went up to 2.6%. But every time you use it after that, then it goes up a whole point. Unless you're 100% disabled, then you don't pay any VA funding fee. That's right. Yes, and you know what? On the way out, I'm gonna make sure I, I, I hit my my knee real quick. <laughs> anything can help. We're in a rough area right here. Anything, 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 anything can help. You know what I'm saying? Anything yeah. can help. But yo, got, that's good. I got another Same one. Bro. I got another one from my man Jason Casey. I mean John Casey. I'm sorry. Yeah. My, my shout out Casey. I'm darker than him, by the way. Oh, man, oh Lord. Lord. Hey, hey, with the current situation going on and a percent rate drop, should my current lender let me know? that the rate has dropped. This is for a new build. So, um, has, well, has that person closed on the loan yet? Or I'm trying, I need to understand the question. Um, I'm not, I don't, I, I don't want to assume it just said, what okay. The, because you said new construction, it makes me feel like they haven't closed on the loan yet. Right. Yeah. This is for new builders. What he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for new builders, um, your loan, if you haven't closed on your loan yet, Yes, they should absolutely let you know that the rates have dropped. Although, I'll let you know that the rates have went back up. But, yes, they should let you know that the rates dropped until you lock your loan in. You have to lock in a rate. Mm-hmm. And so once you lock in that rate, if I, I was trying to refinance um, this current house that we're in, and the rates had dropped to 2.875. And me, 
you know, I, I'm pretty smart, but for some reason, I don't know why I sat on that. I sat on it, and then after that, they shot back up. But if somebody had locked in at that rate at that time, then that's their rate until they're closed. Gotcha. But if they locked in right now and their, and their rate is 3.75, you lock it in, and then it drops I'm sorry, you locked in already. So, so who responsibility is it? Is it the realer, realtors, or is it your, or I'm sorry, the builders or the realtors, or is it the home buyer? Who responsibility is that to monitor? So it's it's really the home buyer. But if I'm your agent, I'm going to check the rates yeah. every day for you. Mm, that's good. And then I'm going to tell you, hey, baby, this is a good rate. I, don't don't chance the market like that. Lock in this rate. I'm going to tell you that. Um, and I'm going to check every day and I'm going to text you. The The market's open like at 10 in the morning. So around 1030, I'm going to text you what the rate is. This is the rate today. Let me know if you want to lock in. But for me, if it's too good to be true, I'll be like 2.875, girl. You better lock that rate in. Lock it in. So it's really up to the home um, buyer. But a lot of times the agents don't want to get involved in that area because that's really between you and the lender. Okay. So let's shift gears here. We're talking about buying. Let's get into the seller's perspective, right? Okay. So I've sold both my homes, and I ran into this little incident on the second time where it comes to this whole appliance piece that's in the contract, <laughs> right? So yes. I learned the hard way what appliance means. You would think when you buy a new home, it's whatever the appliance that were in the house. That's not true. So the sellers or the buyers that were buying my second home before I PCS here to Scott – they wanted my washer and dryer, you know, and I was, thought that was a little odd. They had a washer and dryer. They sold it to get mine, so I don't understand that. But anyway, I was on in transition to head to Scott, and I got a call from my realtor, and she was like, hey, the, the buyers are freaking out. You took the washer and dryer. And I'm like, yeah, this is my washer and dryer. Come to find out they wanted it. It was in the contract, so I had to cut a $500 check. Mm. So, so your agent should have told you it was in a contract. When you sign the contract, they should be going over every part of the contract with you. So you're not surprised, especially as a seller, because a lot of times a seller don't know here in Texas, you're going to pay for things that you don't know that you're paying for because in a contract, like the title policy. Mm hmm. It's, it's normal for in San Antonio for the sellers to pay the title policy. But if your realtor don't go over that with you, you don't know until you get to closing and then your check is less than what you think it is because you'd be like, wait a minute. Well, how did I know I was going to pay for a home warranty? So, well, because that's what sellers do, but your agent should have told you that. So, Larry, Larry it sounded like you got played, didn't it? No, I won't say that because I was, I was in transition. I was going to tech school for manpower, hey? But uh, <laughs> as I was in tech school, she discussed this with my wife early on in the process. But when Don't be trying to. No, no, She said all the appliances. But the issue was it wasn't reiterated when we got to the final you know, signing and all this. I felt like it should have been reiterated. Like, hey, just a reminder, because you wasn't here, wherever the case may be, all appliances include X, Y, and Z, and that I could have opted out and said, no, we're going to keep the washing dryer. I didn't know any of this. So, mm. like I said, listen, learn. In transition, well, I learned this, so and I was kind of ticked off that, about it. That might be in your state, but I'm going to tell you here, and like Florida. I said, I, don't, I only sell here in Texas, and then I have a lot of agents I network with that I can help you guys if you move to a different state. But here in Texas, if you turn your house upside down, 
whatever falls to the bottom, that goes with you. Everything else that doesn't fall, like that stove, that dishwasher, the sink, the garbage, that stays with the house. Yeah. Mm. So I just want want to clarify that for everybody else that's out there to to know that you got to be in tune with what's considered an appliance. Yes. Well, Mm. a a washer dryer is an appliance, but they had to add that in. Mm. They did, and I didn't know. (laughs) So I'm still salty. So my question for you is, um, what type of insurance should you have for your home? Because I've heard different stories to where you want to get insurance externally on your home, and I've also heard that you want to get it external to your home when it comes to the, the pipeline, the plumbing, and things of that nature so you wouldn't incur any type of cost. And do it depend on where you're at, like flood zones. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? So go ahead. You can speak on that, ma'am. So, yes, it depends on where you at. And um, if you ever question if you're in a flood zone or not, you can pull up the FEMA flood map and mm. it will tell you if your house is in a flood zone or not. But you want to get the insurance. Most of the time, the lender is going to tell you what kind of insurance that you're required to get mm-hmm. because they want your property insured because you still owe them money. That's a good point. So, so yeah. they're going to tell you, no, you need to have this kind of insurance and you need this and you need this. Now, on mm-hmm. one of my rental properties, I have a pool in the backyard. Um, so I have extra insurance, personal property insurance, because mm-hmm. if something happened with that pool and they got little kids that live in the yeah, house, yeah, I want to be covered. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I have a question switching gears just a little bit about real estate investing, right? Yes. So, so we hear a lot about wholesale, wholesale um, investing and also about using the loans that you can get. Like I've heard about how you can do VA loans to get property for real estate investing. What is your opinion on all of that stuff? What is the best way for a beginner to get into the game of real estate investing in your opinion? So I'm going to tell you that whoever's telling you that you could use a VA loan for investment property is not giving you accurate information. You should walk away. Okay. Show no. Because for, for VA, it has to be your primary That's residence. That's right, because you have to stay in like there two at years, least like right? a year or two. Two years, but it's your primary resident. And so mm-hmm. even though it was my primary resident in Virginia, it wasn't my fault that I had to move. Mm-hmm. See oh, what right, I'm saying? Right. So, so then I kept cost. that property as mm-hmm. rental property and then bought another property with VA. The loophole. So we kind of got to up on, you know, having a PCS and then using your VA again, because it's not our fault. We have to go. We have to transition. So what's the best best move for that? If if you're thinking about getting real estate property for investment purposes, what is the best uh, vehicle to use for loan purposes? So there's there's quite a few ways. The easiest way, buy your house yourself and then live in it and then rent it out. Or you can save up the money. Um, you can get like a conventional loan, save up the down payment, and then buy the investment property. Or what you're talking about for wholesaling is, and I've had a couple of these transactions mm-hmm. um, here in Texas, you can buy the lien on a property right. and keep the mortgage intact. I know it, it sounds strange. It sounds strange, but that's a Texas thing. So if I have somebody that's having a hard time um, making their payments, and unfortunately, right now, we have a lot of people that are laid off because of this coronavirus and they're not going to be able to make their payments. And once you're, you know, one or two, three months late, you can never catch up. Really, you can't. And they just need to get out of it. They'll come to me and be like, Monique, I can't get out of this house. I'll be like, I'll buy your, I'll buy your lien. Right. So I'll buy cash, the lien. Cash. But mm-hmm. I'm going to keep the title, the mortgage intact. 
which means that title is still in their name. It's very dangerous to do, but dangerous on most of the time, if you're going to buy somebody's lien, you're going to give them some money because you know, they need money to move. You're going to give them 5,000, 10,000, whatever they're requiring. Um, so they can move, set up a new household, blah, blah, blah. Now I have some skin in the game. I got $10,000 that I put into this house. I'm not about to be late. So I'm going to turn it into some rental property and make the mortgage payments, which the mortgage payment is in the other person's name. Mm, wow. It's very dangerous, though, Man. because what if I was that type that I decide I'm going to stop making the mortgage payment? That's right. So, so yeah. Monique, dangerous on whose part? Like on, who, who's taking the risk? It's, it's the on the seller's part, yeah. the seller that sold me his lien. Okay. Because he's trusting for me to pay his mortgage every month. Right. So so from, from my understanding of what wholesale real estate is, like you just said, that I'm I'm buying it fast cash and I'm going to go find an investor to go to. to yeah, to now you could money. do that um, by, yeah, and then you assign it to someone and right. stuff like that. I have a girl on my team named Linka. She does that for me. That type of wholesaling, I don't mess with it because I have a license. Mm-hmm. So if you have a real estate license, we have to abide by certain rules and regulations and guidelines, and we don't get into that type of investing that you're talking about. Do you have any um, information assi- on that? Though? That's called assignments. Right. And so there's a girl on my team that she purposely won't get a license because she likes to wholesale that way. Mm, gotcha. Okay. So the restrictions. Yeah. So yes. so 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 okay. what is, what is the I always wanted to know, like, what is the purpose of, of using that person? Because to me, that seems like that they're just the middle person. They are. You know, they don't really they're, own anything. You know, what I mean, they 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 are getting this property. Well, they it. they got a very strong network that you don't have. Okay. They have buyers and they have sellers. So that's they, the their importance. network okay. is huge. Mm-hmm. Got it. Insightful, man. Wow, it's a lot man. of stuff that I didn't know about. Really, yeah. really. And I mean. But that's kind of getting easy. off of the home ownership for first-time home buyers that we're supposed to be talking yeah. about. Because that's <laughs> real advanced. That it is. is. Okay, so so let's bring it back. So so we got Foots, right? <laughs> so Foots, you're interested in purchasing a home, right? Yes, sir. All right, absolutely. so go, go ahead, man. What you got? So my question for you is um, what are some of the things that you really, really want to have um, in your closing costs that you, you know, can't go without? In your closing costs? Yes, ma'am. When you're closing on a home. Are you talking the, about things? Some, in, some you're of the talking requirements. about as far as attributes and um, features in the house? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I, I think yes, so. Ma'am. That's, where, so. I'm, that's yeah. where I'm going with I it. I think yes, what are you okay, talking so, about? So, I'm, yeah. So, like, go ahead. Are you a first-time home buyer or no? Uh, soon to be. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you. First-time home buyers, sometimes you have to reel them back. You have to reel them way back. Because they're first-time home buyers. And they really want a $400,000 home, but their budget is $200,000. Mm-hmm. And so I have to reel them back into realization that says, baby, this is what you can afford. But you know that no home you ever find is going to be 100% perfect. And then um, people that know that they're going to transition shouldn't be looking for perfection. What you're going to be looking for is location for resale or, or rental, mm-hmm. okay. the condition okay. of the house, and the price. School Number one thing is is location, 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 location. location. Uh, you know, I've been hearing that for years. So Thank my grandma, she's been doing real estate, I mean, forever. 
and uh, and just watching her and other individuals, that's the main key. Because if you do your research and there's individuals that know in the next five years what business is going to pop up around there, right? So that's going to increase on your property value and the type of individuals that's going to come in your neighborhood, right? Are you exactly. going to, are you going to be in a neighborhood where it's full of homeowners or renters? Yeah. You get what right. I mean? Absolutely. You don't want to be in a home that's full of renters. Exactly. But in the neighborhood. Unfortunately, so we don't sense. get that op- we don't get that opportunity sometimes um being military members. That's right. We got to get what we can get. No, no, no. I'm yeah. saying that we buy in neighborhoods that have really great school districts. Yep. Right. But yeah, there's like a lot said. of transition in those neighborhoods because it's military. That's true. And Half of those military are going to sell and the other half are going to rent. So it becomes a a neighborhood where you have to have renters, but it has great school districts. So, you know, it's going to always sell if you want to sell and it's going to always rent because, you know, military, everybody don't come to to buy. Yeah. Okay. That's true. So I was told when you, when you're looking to buy a house, don't buy one that's close to an apartment complex. Is there any, um, is that valid? Validity. Uh, validity. Validity. Lord hey, man, have mercy. Why you gotta call me out, man? I'm trying to sound smart and shit. I was just gonna leave that on the line. You got it. Okay, you got it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, hey, oh, my Monique. So, so yeah, is there any validity? Is that, is that right? Is this all correct? It, uh, it depends. Sorry. <laughs> All you gotta do is slow down and say, hey, hey, hey. hey, you know what, man? Look, hey, so next time we have a Toastmasters meet, you, you go for But no, no, go, go ahead. <laughs> but go ahead, Monique. No, to, no, but seriously, that's a good question, though. But to his point, so should you avoid homes that's around complexes or what? What you think? I'm trying to think of our market here, and um, we don't really have homes that's near apartment complex now we have some homes that's near like storage units and stuff Mm -hmm. that people avoid because they don't want to live behind a storage unit um i I don't know where you are are the apartments in the same neighborhoods with the with the homes so well how about this in your experience what area should a first-time home buyer avoid yep yeah So I was told something about if it's a drought for like you got to drive a certain amount of distance for like groceries places or gas stations like a Walmart. Mm -hmm. And that and that could be true, except Mm -hmm. here in Texas. And that could be true because, you know, for us, everything is rural. So I I have to drive 15 minutes to get to H-E-B. That's our grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, I have to actually go into town. But where I live. It's very uh, a sought off after neighborhood because it's a lot of mature um, homeowners here. Okay. Hey, well, listen. You know what I mean by I don't want to say old. No, no, no. Uh-uh. no. <laughs> okay, so look, seasoned. you can say old and seasoned. seasoned. You, you know the ones that you know they got, they got old money. Let's yeah, use that. that. that no, 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 no. That's not true. Mm-hmm. No, no. It's too late. You already said it. But go ahead, bro. Hey, my man, Jan, uh, John Kaysen, mm-hmm. Uh He talked about using a VA loan to purchase multi-unit. Property. Mm. Can yes, you do that? You can or duplex, do that. right? But uh, you, you can do that. Apartments. Like, pro- what are we talking about? Live there, though. 
I believe that that one I have to give my I have a good lender that um does multi units, but I think it has to be four or below units. Okay. Mm. And but a, a lot of times people will buy like a duplex. They'll live in one side and then rent out the other person. Let's get it. I want to do that in St. Louis, but all those places like you might get shot. Man, you know, make it so bad. St. Louis is one of our, our I mean, our largest listeners right now. It, right. It's about to go down. Yeah. Just because you said that. Damn. You just said it's like, you know what? You don't care either. But you know, I understand. I don't know if y'all know, I'm from Compton, so I understand. Yeah, so I live in some areas and I understand, but there's a lot of nice areas that have duplexes. That's true. I can't afford them places in St. Louis, though, man. Have y'all seen those places? You yeah, can. I've seen some, but, man. you know, five man, I, st- I still don't know between the north side, south side, and all that. Because it don't, I mean, it look like Detroit, but it don't. Yeah. For yeah. real. Just so, hold on, wait, wait. Before you even say something about Detroit, don't do it. I'm don't not, do it. No, okay, it. okay, no, he was about to. But I'm my business. No, man, But no. why are you looking at, in St. Louis, why aren't you looking in, like, O'Fallon or areas around there, around hey. the I've looked in these areas, and not, I really didn't see anything that was really appealing. I, I mean, I lived in North County for a little bit in St. Louis, and so I know that little area a little bit better than down here. But you know what, though, Monique, for real, over here in Illinois, the taxes yeah. are astronomically taxes different and high compared to over there in in in, in, oh. in, in um, St. Louis or Missouri. You know, but there are still some good real estate, it not is. real estate, but duplex. So if not O'Fallon. You got Muscoota, you got Swansea, you got, you know, yeah. everything yeah. In, in this area. But I consider all that Belleville for some reason. Know. <laughs> so while you're talking about taxes, when people are looking to buy, that's something that they really should look at because people forget about taxes when yes. they're buying. Yes. They should look at the, yeah, they should look at the taxes. They should look at, like you said, insurance. They should look at the school districts. They should look at if it's an HOA because now you got to pay HOA fees. Um, there's a lot of different things you should look at when you're when you're looking to buy. So if taxes are high in that area, yeah, that could be a concern. But they can't be higher in Texas. We got some high taxes in here in Texas. But they military friendly though. Exactly. All you gotta do is have like twenty percent, and you ain't got paid. Ain't this area military friendly? Retirement friendly. No, no. Listen, Florida spoil me. I'm gonna just put that out there. Florida spoil me when it come to home buy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 70%. But here, yeah. I won't do it. So what you got? So my, my, my last question for you is for those first-term home buyers, what are some things that you would recommend that they look out for? Specifically, um, you know, I ain't going to say specifically in general, but for like young airmen that's looking to buy their first home, do you encourage they do that because of the possibility of PCS and things sure. like that? Well, or me. Well, I'm, I'm a young senior my- master sergeant that haven't bought a, a house yet. You know what I mean? And I... And I I'm looking. I'm actively looking to buy a home too, and I have no idea where to begin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so number one, I need that. to connect y'all with some good agents up there. <laughs> Sounds like I a do, and I have I have a couple good agents up in that area. But um, you have to. It depends on your mindset. So if your mindset is that you're going to buy a home and you know you want to sell it in four years when mm. you PCS, then buy in the area that has high resale. There you go. Because you want to sell. 
But if your mindset is, okay, I'm looking at long-term investments and I possibly want to rent it out, rent it out where it's uh, a good transition neighborhood for military. Because I love my civilians, I do, but I don't always know how to get my money from them. That's right. <laughs> yeah, but, because we know how to get to everybody first. Sorry. We know, yeah. yeah. And so <laughs> even right. when I, the last time I went to Virginia and I, and I met with my tenants, um, they knew already from the start, this is a personal transaction between me and you. This has nothing to do with military, but y'all best to know that I showed up in uniform. Absolutely. Because, you know, those stripes will say something, even though I'd be like, no, this don't have nothing to do with the military. This is me and you. And if you late, are you going to be late? You let me know. But in the end, I know how to go to commanders and get my money. That's right. Right. Well, listen, Miss Monique, where can individuals find you if they have any more uh, questions or, or, you know, want your services? How can they find you? Well, I'm going to send you my um, my link to my website, or they can give me a call. My number is 210-237-7268, but I'm also sending you my link to my Florida property because they might want to rent <laughs> rent it out for a few days. Okay. okay. The Airbnb. <laughs> yeah, the Airbnb. Yeah, because, listen. <laughs> it's a luxury Airbnb. And, and listen, oh, oh, it's a resort. Okay, and, gotcha. and, yeah, and so once this Rona is over mm-hmm. with. What part of Florida? Hey, we, we about to go. What, yeah, what part of Florida yeah. is that? It's in Orlando. It oh, bumps up that. against the Disney um proper. No, I'm trying to go Dade County. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, wow. no, I'm joking. <laughs> hey, so listen, well, look, man, we want to thank you, though. We want to thank, thank you. you for coming Appreciate on the show. The you know what I mean? Yes, thank you for having me. Hey, listen, you could have been anywhere, but you happen to be here with us, right? And so, everybody, I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. And don't forget to check out the Kevlar's Grill, kevlarsgrill.com. Check out the menu. It changes all the time, all the time, and it's great, great food. But I do want to leave you with this. If we don't do what we do, who will? Yep. You understand? And this is exactly what we do at the Lions Den. So we will see you again next week. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Lions Den podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show.